into the ground. We're back. Another week. Another great guest. We got Shane Smith. Half of the Cowboy Boys podcast. Comedian. Extreme sports enthusiast. That's right. (laughs) Aging extreme sports enthusiast. You want me to clarify. It's crazy how (laughs) aging I am. What's up, man? It's good to have you on. Dude, it's so good to be here. I've heard Hell great yeah. things. Oh, I, I'm very curious uh, to to hear those things. What's what's going on well, in the I mean, in the well, house? The, uh, you have a great uh, you have a great um. What, what do I want to say? Va- someone vouched for you, Mike Brucey, <laughs> someone I trust very much. So <laughs> we had a very funny chat when uh he he uh he said how that went down, but <laughs> <laughs> Mike Brucey, uh, right off the top, I gotta say, will not let me on his podcast. Really? I've tried to invite myself onto his podcast no less than a dozen times. It's, it's incredible. probably just because do, you're do not you, funny. Do you and, want to do my podcast? That would be hilarious. Yes. I would oh, love to. Me. Please come through. I'm leaving to Australia soon. I need to pre-record episodes. You can oh. do the podcast anytime from now. Until next week. And Andrew, also you. <laughs> I'm in. It'll <laughs> we'll, be we'll, we'll talk off pod, but yeah, I, I would <laughs> yeah. love to make that happen. Be- so uh, but yeah, anytime I had a really nice little repartee with our man, Mr. Brucey, and we were joking and we were laughing. We were sending funny pictures. I, I vaguely called him a pedophile. And mm-hmm. then I, invite, I said, hey, man, I got a book to promote. I'd love to come on the podcast. <laughs> and the, the conversation Crickets. just stops it just ends Man. every time it's so you funny know, i gotta say that's a little weird to put him on blast right up front. Uh, you know is it weird usually, i feel like we should do that behind a paywall <laughs> oh yeah you I... should be mean on the paywall it's true you're <laughs> oh, giving yeah. them the tea that's... for free <laughs> but yeah no uh i would actually love to get into that right off the top though because because i don't know if people know but you live in not only a comedian house but also a podcast house so. yeah a podcast house of of no meat house a sober house oh that's right well yeah. mac mac drinks right oh that's right he's, I he's got a little he wild exists. side to him you know he drinks very rarely he's the... one of the rare people who gets better when he drinks Oh, like a better, it's like, kinder. Oh, he, he becomes a better driver. I've met a few of those. That's what he says, but <laughs> he becomes a better person overall. Just so take the edge as, off, you know? as a result of that, he refuses to drink because he doesn't want us to ha- to see him at his best. I guess. <laughs> so do you do you think of yourself as a straight edge icon or icon? You know? No, <laughs> legend, no. perhaps. That's uh, too I much say... pressure. <laughs> the Ian Mackay that we deserve, you know what I mean? Oh, okay, okay. I know a lot of straight. I think most of the straight edge icons, in my mind, are like guys who are in like prison for blowing up animal fur farms, or like <laughs> you know doing like legit, the legit straight edge stuff. I not I me actually... where I'm like I I told a joke about how I poop my pants and now I'm the king of straight edge. <laughs> I uh, I actually photographed once a PETA event. Where they're giving out awards for the people who like cause the most turmoil in public oh, spaces. That's great. Uh, and and I <laughs> I recognize a lot of the people who won awards because they're the same people who would picket the Mark Jacobs fashion show and mm. scream in like sixteen year old girls' faces, uh, even after Mark Jacobs stopped using fur. <laughs> that's true self hatred. It's wild. Uh, and, but you know, I met the I met the guy from Babe. The, the the man from Babe. I forget his name. He's also in Succession. Uh, oh, he, I forget his name. Uh, but Babe, he was the, he's like an adamant uh, animal rights person. Like where he's he's like recently gone to jail in his seventies over protesting. Interesting. And he was there. He was very nice. 
Yeah, I don't know about how I feel about PETA, most of PETA's strategies. Oh, yeah. But they're doing something. It was better, a weird... Is it better than nothing? I have no idea. No, who's to say? Uh, they're certainly <laughs> getting a lot of donations, uh, which I think is the main goal for most organizations similar to that. I mean, so does the NRA, so... <laughs> True. I uh, Yeah, at the event, it was very okay. interesting because it was a room full of adamant PETA supporters, and they were still playing the PETA like, slaughterhouse floor footage to like literally the qu- preaching to the choir it was i'm like do i do we need to see this like we all know <laughs> that's great yeah that it was, was a, like just the time the, that would be like going to like a charity for dog people and then they play the sarah mclaughlin video <laughs> or whatever yeah. everyone's crying and I you're like why are we song... we all care already why are we doing yep. this yep yeah we think, don't need any more converts think, we're already I here i think that level of trauma is like porn to those people I think you're, yeah. you're probably not far off. There seemed to be some kind of weird sensation going on. There's an energy to the room There's, at that YMCA uptown. <laughs> so many of these weird things where people in our modern society try to be empathetic turn into insane cults of like uh, really self-focused uh, behavior where it's uh, like flagellant. Yeah, you know? people, it's people just so desperately want to be a part of something. Yeah, They're, everyone's I mean, out there that's why I seeking got into community. And... It was my birthright. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But, but yeah, so you live in a in a comedian house. You got. I, do. Um, I mean, I guess Mac is he was a comedian at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. He used to come on the road with me. He would forget his jokes. I'd have to yell them at him. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and He's... then you got two different podcasts going on. You got Cowboy true. Boys, and you got a little time with with yep. Mike and Diego. Uh. And you record the podcast in the living room? Yes. That's, our living room is also our studio. That's chaotic energy. It's pretty rough sometimes. I'll be real. Do you ever have do you have to do you have like a Google calendar of who gets to use the living room when? We literally don't have a schedule. <laughs> we are all just like, ah, it's like two AM, let's record oh, or like that's amazing. I mean, like, that's like we, the benefit of living with each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're also, t- everyone's pretty chill, except for one of us who I won't name, but. <laughs> <laughs> but they know who they are. Yeah, or... yeah. We're all pretty cool with whatever happens here. We don't care. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's like, I think if the, we have a guest, we warn each other, like, hey, there's going to be a person in the house. Oh, a, 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 a fifth party. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a guy here or whatever. Or a lady. <laughs> who knows? Oh, it could okay. be anything. But right. that's, that's um, very exciting. That's the kind of excitement that, that runs through the veins of that household. Yeah. The hollowed yeah. halls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's uh it's busy, but it's good. Yeah, I like it, it. It's a it's like the fight club house. <laughs> I was you gonna know? say, is there um because it, it vaguely reminded me of like those houses that are just full of like 30 flight attendants constantly in and out, like <laughs> oh okay yeah like that kind of energy you know i would say like when i was young i lived in like um a punk rock like flop house like mm-hmm. like a trap house or whatever basically it's just like but it was like all straight edge guys everyone called it the straight edge frat oh, and okay. uh because it was like in a college town and we we I moved into like, an is that abandoned the, is radio that station the straight edge frat of like straight edge frat f- f- like house show fame um we did have lots of house shows there it was in utah i don't know mm, if you like ever heard not, of it not edge frat edge frat is something else edge frat yeah was yeah what i was thinking of okay so, yeah so we had um w- there was an apartment complex and next to it is an abandoned radio station so it had no windows because it's a radio station <laughs> so we moved in and started squatting there 
and figured out how to get the power and stuff on, but there was no heat. And so it was only cold water and no heat. It's in Utah, so it's winter like five, four or five months out of the year. And we just lived in there. Uh, it was terrible. And eventually the the guy who managed the apartment was like, I, you're squatting. I want to try and kick you out. But like you guys are making the place nicer. Yeah. And none of you guys don't drink or smoke. Like so you're, you're not, not like having you're problems. not fucking anything up. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> They're like, you're rowdy. And like, we hear you being crazy all the time. But and he's like, I'll rent this. It was like a five bedroom with like a giant basement. But it was like, sh- it, I cannot stress how shitty and cement it was. But he was like, <laughs> we'll rent it to you for like $400 a month. Wow. So we ended up renting it legit. And then we got, got to decorate it. We climbed the tower and hoisted a big X flag on it. <laughs> and then we painted an X. That's why they said it was a frat, because we had like the X's out front. Yeah, yeah. And then we had house shows and stuff there um, and got way crazy uh, pretty often. It was fun. It was a good time. Sorry, wow. so I don't. What part of straight edge icon do you not understand? <laughs> but there were other guys there yeah, doing well, it okay. too. Straight edge icons this week on VH1. Straight edge icons. <laughs> yeah, what dude. was Utah? The only thing I know about Utah, I've been to Utah once, mm-hmm. um, and it was to was it a day off um, in Salt Lake City? I don't think there was a show. Um. But I watched like the last game of the World Series uh, with Rob Zombie in a hotel bar, and it was fucking <laughs> okay. That sounds surreal. I think I think in that day we had also done go karts with Hanson. Um, <laughs> wow! I went to I went to Del Taco for the first time. Okay, um, yeah. It was it was a great time. Uh, it's a weird fucking place, though. It is weird. It's yeah. like I it, I would I compare it to like Florida or New York or like um those types of or Alaska or Hawaii where it's in America but it's a totally different culture. Right. Like it is a country within a country. Mm. Cuz it's like oppressively religious, right? Yeah. But that makes everyone who's not religious insane. Right. Which bad. is why when you hear about the straight edge kids there people are like don't just don't fuck around. Don't go there. <laughs> don't deal with it. They mosh in cowboy boots like they're out to kill each other. Okay. You know. So And and yeah, that's the straight edge people who aren't straight edge for religious reasons, right? <laughs> oh, not religious. No. No. <laughs> I, there there were Mormon straight edge kids though. Yeah, I went to school with a guy who was a uh, Mormon and he was excommunicated shortly after college, but he uh who somebody killed him? <laughs> no but he was he was disavowed uh but he would tell me he's like oh yeah like you can't drink coffee you can't drink alcohol you can't smoke cigarettes but apparently weed was like the one thing that wasn't written about specifically so there was like a gray what? area and you could smoke yes. weed as a mormon yeah i don't know i think they they fixed that oh they uh, did <laughs> yeah but i mean listen mormons are kind of like this weird middle ground between like really religious islamic people and catholics where it's not as rigid as you think like lots of people just like don't do all the stuff but go to church all the time but i think that there are some hard it's kind of like straight edge where there's like real hard and fast rules and one of them is no drinking yeah and the other one would be like no smoking cigarettes so they're right into straight edge immediately yeah 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 you know and then you gotta go to church progression and then they don't want you to be having premarital sex, but there are lots of couples who live together that just go to church anyway. Hmm. So 
really the thing is like don't be an addict and don't don't be like a, a menace is really it and they'll let you just keep going to church and uh are you from salt lake city originally or no i'm from central utah so okay. like the I, from like cowboy world like middle of nowhere you know like um i lived in like a trait like a, a trailer i had one of those weird like um upbringings where you're like in the modern world but you have like one foot left in in shit world so like we heated our trailer with a wood burning stove and we had well water but oh, i so also it sounds had like you had a cool tiny house <laughs> yeah your tiny house living Van yeah life. it was great i enjoyed sharing one queen-size bed with three of my brothers it was awesome <laughs> oh, man did yeah. you all go through puberty near the same time? Because that could get real weird. I had two stepbrothers, and we were Irish triplets. All oh of us God. were within a year of each other. Jesus. Wow! And then we had one little brother. He's six years younger than all of us. What wow. was what? What was the name of the town? Fillmore. But we didn't live in Fillmore. That's just what you have to say because it's the hub town of the county. And then there are lots of tiny, tiny towns outside of Fillmore, and people live in those. And, um, you know, commute wow. to that town to go to school or go to the see the doctor that lives in town or whatever. Wow. I got to tell you. So when you look up Fillmore on uh, on maps, you know, anytime you go to a town to give you like the the five or six biggest places that are like the attractions can I tell you what the attractions are in Fillmore. Or should, yeah. should he guess? Uh, I, I have a guess. Yeah, yeah, wait. Why don't why don't you hit me with your film? <laughs> I, my, the first, the number one is gonna be um the state, the old Capitol State Building, because Fillmore used to be the capital of Utah. Uh, uh number, I will take Territorial number, State House State Park Museum. There it is. That's what it's called now. <laughs> okay. The next one is gonna be the we call it the hot pots, but they're gonna call it the hot springs. I don't have that. Okay, never mind. Then, so then the ice caves probably aren't going to be in there. Mm -mm. What's the, what is, the, I have no idea now. Costa, I'm out. That's all. Costa Vida? What? Costa Vida? That's a Chipotle oh, style it's a restaurant. It's a fucking restaurant. Hold on. It's not a restaurant, um, it's a fast food chain. Yeah, we're uh, pretty proud of the Costa yeah, family Vida. Family Dollar uh, Fillmore Shooting Range seems pretty popular. It's good. Oh, yeah. It's a good Chalk shooting Creek range. Creek Hieroglyphics. Okay, there's a bunch of hieroglyphics all around, but the, it's funny they picked that one. Circus Hollow Wildlife Management. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a not a lot subway going on. down the street from a uh, five buck pizza down the street yeah. from Clough's Car Hop Cafe. Temporarily closed though, so maybe we shouldn't yeah. shout them out. Another yeah. victim of uh, of the COVID pandemic. I would imagine okay. so. <laughs> this is. Did you go to Millard High School? Um, for very briefly, yes, I, I ended up going to an alternative high school that was like an hour and a half away. Oh my god! <laughs> well, most honest, people commute about an hour to this school. This looks like a Cormac McCarthy book. By the way, the town you're looking at is yeah. twice the size of when I lived there. Get the it's grown significantly. They opened up a cheese plant before Ooh, I left. Is that what it is? And it brought a bunch of work. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Is, is that like the the Freddy Got Fingered cheese sandwich factory? similar similar vibe <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah there's a mushroom farm a cheese plant and then it's all like ranchers and farmers damn that's wild and the mushroom so, farm makes the whole town smell like shit the mushroom farm was on there yeah <laughs> it's one of the things to do uh but yeah so i i wanted to talk about a few things uh mainly that you are 
I guess you could say you're a dry bar comedian, correct? Like they're one of the. the I'm on there. They've done yeah. your specials, right? How many? You've done two or three specials with them now. I've done two, and there's a third one coming out. Oh shit! And then awesome. I've done one myself on YouTube. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's but famously known for clean comedy, correct? Mm-hmm. Is the idea dry bar? Do they not serve alcohol there? Is that the whole yeah. shtick? Okay. Yeah. If you it go to sense. the actual place, there's no alcohol. So. How did you get? Because I mean, for people who know the podcast and and most everything else, how did you land yourself at the at the like the famous clean comedy club? Um. Oh, I'm from Utah, and if you do comedy okay. in Utah, you have to be able to do clean, or you oh. can't go anywhere or do anything. Okay. You know, there's lots of Mormons who want you to do clean comedy. So if you're gonna like do corporate gigs or like you know when you're a regular at the club, they're gonna be like, "Hey, we have a private show. Do you want to do it?" You're like, "Yeah," and they you you have to be clean. And so I always had clean time and dirty time, you know. And then I just wrote both. Man, and then, you're like a um, regular Bob Saget over here. Yeah, <laughs> dude. And so they asked me. They were like, "Hey, do, uh, we're gonna you know dry bars happening. This is a thing." And then you have like 45 clean minutes. And I didn't, but I, I lied and said I did. And then I wrote my first 45-minute special. or I wrote like 30 minutes of it in like three months or something. And then did it, and it turned out great. So, okay. yeah, yeah. But you, I now I always have like an hour clean, an hour dirty. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that, that comes in really handy for a lot of that different stuff. But yeah, have, you ever, have you ever like slipped up in your clean set? Uh, I've never slipped up, but once I wasn't told it was clean and I went up and I was using the F word a lot. <laughs> some would say too much. And by some, I mean the club owner who yanked me off the stage within two and a half minutes of me being up there. And I, he was like, you're banned from the club. And wow. I like started crying cause it was my dream to do comedy. There's only one club in Utah. So I was yeah. like, great. I fucking ruined my life. I guess I have to move to LA, which makes me <laughs> want to kill myself. It's the worst place on earth. And then, um, but he, he was like, he felt bad for me. He was like, actually, I'm sorry. I yelled at you. He was pretty angry. He was really <laughs> mad at me. He also said the F word to me. Um, <laughs> and you said, uh, uh-uh, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, it was like a corporate gig that the, you know, they hired the club. So they're like trusting the club. I oh, made a huge okay. mistake. So you're it was representing very the club. I was wrong. I, I, he for sure should have been as mean as he was. The, um, so but nobody told you you couldn't say the fuck word. I think that maybe at one point people were saying it, but no one said it to me. Um, and I'm so dumb, you guys. You got to tell me. You know what I mean? <laughs> the um, So it, it was funny. I was reading an article in one of the recent New York magazines about how no one exists in the metaverse at the moment. Like there, there's like very few people left hanging out in the in the Facebook metaverse. Oh. But one of the things, there is a metaverse comedy club and it's hosted by Drybar. Really? So Dude, they're in the future. You, do you have Hold any uh, any dry bar appearances at, in the metaverse coming up? No, they've not asked me to go to the metaverse. I think they know I You'd... would say I'm good. <laughs> oh, you gotta. Why? How, why would you not? Oh, dude, I I don't know, man. I I've done. Remember Zoom comedy? Remember oh, when that God. was a thing? Oh, yeah. Man. One of my least favorite comedy experiences of my life was over Zoom. So I'm like, I'm out, dude. You have to pay me so much money. Did you post that by any chance? <laughs> post yeah. the bad experience? Yeah. No, no. It was a private show oh, for man. PayPal. Oh. They hired me to do like a corporate. And there was like 6,000 people watching or something. You hear this, Crazy. everybody? Another podcast funded by Peter Thiel. 
I yeah, and <laughs> they were like, I was like, and I can just do my material. They were like, yeah, and I was like, and it's clean. And they're like, yeah, please be clean. I was like, not a problem. <laughs> and I was doing my material, but like, I have a lot of material about how I used to do crime. So I was doing material about like being a kid growing up in the middle of nowhere and like the having guns and, and my brothers beating people up and setting someone on fire and like, you know, <laughs> good old fashioned American yeah, the, the, comedy, sure. you know, like we've all been. And then the lady stopped the show in front of everyone and was like, I think that you're making people uncomfortable. This is the fraud department. So a lot of these people are former law enforcement and I think they, they don't like, I the, like what the material the, you're doing right up their alley you know i i don't think they care but i will say that i i've done very bad at a police uh once i did a show and i didn't i didn't realize till i got there that i was doing a show for a police officer's union <laughs> and i bombed that's one of the only other times i've bombed pretty hard you know i feel like people are telling you these things <laughs> <laughs> you, that you, one sucked because i would be not have done the show had lost i known. in the email thread somewhere you know yeah <laughs> yeah it wasn't like the the pba.gov uh that didn't that didn't hit you up so um i want to i i have a couple comedy questions it's oh, I, like, I don't understand any of that world and we, I, we I love having to. comedians on the podcast it's always it's um, always a good vibe like how does it how far out are you booking months like a year a year so yeah. you aren't, you aren't just like i'm just gonna hop down and do 15 minutes at this place because oh oh for the 15 minute spots yeah that's like that could be like day of week out two weeks out a month out but you just you wake up one day and you're like i'm just gonna go hit it right well i don't decide the club i'm a regular at or like other bookers decide and they reach out to you and they're like hey i have a show on like let's i could get a message today and be like hey i have a show sunday night you want on it right and i'd be like yeah i guess or no you know just go pop down to the comedy cellar or caroline's and no, that's bump, famous bump, people. That's famous people shit. <laughs> Unfortunately, like... being the most famous straight edge guy or whatever, the king <laughs> of straight edge doesn't afford me the ability to just waltz into a room and be like, fuck off, everybody. I'm here to fucking do my jokes and stage dive. Just, yeah, just kick the band off at St. Vitus and it might work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking uh, touring as a comedian. Yeah, me, me and Andrew lament how we miss touring as really as in, a, in a band or with a band, and there's a lot of shit that goes into that. You're you're lugging fucking gear, you're lugging merch, you're fucking. I, I've toured in several bands. Okay, yeah, yeah. So shitty dream, hardcore bands. The dream is to be able to tour without any equipment. Yeah, it's you nice. Know? But you just pack your gold microphone in the mahogany box and you, you hit the road. <laughs> I think that if you begin to tour as a comedian, you realize that there's like a romanticism and an allure and a sense of brotherhood and purpose of cramming into that van with all the homies and going on an adventure. Mm-hmm. Whereas as a comedian, it is no longer an adventure. It is sterile and awful and lonely. And it's getting on a plane, going to a place, coming home, three days home, getting on a plane, going to a place like it. It is um, soulless and touring as a band is harder. It's like the difference between a person who has a kid and doesn't have a kid. 
they're like, hey, having a kid is really hard, but it's fulfilling. So you can ha- not have one and risk not feeling fulfillment in your life. Good luck with that. And that's kind of like, <laughs> that's how I would compare it. You know, like touring as a comedian, not fulfilling in the least in terms of adventure or like the camaraderie and the excitement and like how interesting it is to get to a show, at least as a hardcore kid, you like get to the venue, you're like, what the fuck is this? There's like gang members around and like cool shit is happening and there's weirdos. And sometimes the show is really boring. Sometimes the local kids are out of their minds and there's a kid moshing with a sword. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and, but as a comedian, it's like, no God, I hope this crowd's good. Comedy shows, <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I did bring a sword to a comedy show once, and it went very badly. <laughs> I Wait, accidentally cut the display. The, the comedy club had commissioned someone to paint in a hole, very large, into it. When I was, I had the audience throwing cans at me so I could hit them with a sword. <laughs> And uh, I fucking cut through a can and into the canvas behind me, um, and they were not stoked. And which makes sense. They're like, "Why did you have a sword?" And I was like, "The Renaissance Fair was in town. I bought one." They're like, this is how you use your money. I was like, "I'm very old and I have no children. I'm I'm alone. I have sword money." Listen, you don't need to explain it to us. We we understand completely. <laughs> they apologize, give you like a Tinder Pro account, like please find someone. Yeah, they're like find love, and I was like, I refuse. I like video games too much. Oh man, so I I, I really want to talk to you about this because it's something I feel like we might have some competing thoughts on it. Okay, but uh, I went on a cruise with my parents in October. Mm-hmm. And I've I've been on my parents are total cruise people, um. You but I had gone heads? with them on one for like over a decade since I was like twenty two or twenty three. So then going back as like a thirty four year old, I actually fucking loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I heard Mike's side of the story, but and he on his pod and he he said that he absolutely like kind of hated the idea of being on a cruise. So yeah, okay. you and Mike did a comedy. Well, no, it wasn't a comedy cruise, but it was a. A metal cruise? One of those, like, music cruises? Yeah. I love the cruise. You did? Okay. I love the metal cruise. Like, Lamb of God, uh, uh, I'm friends with Randy Bly from Lamb of God, and he's like, do you want to come on the Lamb of God cruise? Not to work, but just, like, to hang out. And I was like, for the love, fuck yes, get me on there. Yeah, yeah. The the cruise, going on a regular cruise, all Mm. day, end it. I could never. Oh, it was so nice. Shoot me in the face. But I don't drink. I don't party. I don't. I hate hanging out with random people. <laughs> I don't wanna, have to talk you don't want to fuck swingers? No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't. When I went on the metal cruise while everyone was partying, I packed two board games in my baggage and a switch. <laughs> and I played games by myself in my cabin. Oh, my God. Um, And then luckily, like, I had several friends there from bands and stuff and Mike. But, like, yeah, man, I was in the gym the whole time and stuff. A regular cruise, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I I mean, the days you leave the boat would be cool because I love the ocean. I would. uh, And when we did leave the boat, I went snorkeling and stuff. It was a great time. Yeah. So, I mean, what I so when I went when I was like 22, I was like, "Bull! Everything closes at 2 a.m. This is bullshit. What am I supposed to do?" And then this one, I was like in bed every night by like 1 a.m. Yeah, 
Um, because you weren't fucking swingers. You know, some would some would call me a unicorn. You know, but uh... not me. I don't understand <laughs> like why if you're a single guy that wouldn't be like this could be a really good time. This could be a story. It could be a fulfilling experience. I think you're overestimating how many single women go on these. People go on these couples. It's all couples, for sure. I don't think these couples are looking for thirds. So here's (laughs) the thing that was very interesting. I didn't speak to someone my own age or younger the entire week I was there. Uh, and it was like, it was, it was great because there were no expectations. I, I did do plenty of drinking, uh, but I also found out with my beverage card, I could get unopened cans of Red Bull. So every night I'd walk back to my cabin and I would hit three different bars and get like four Red Bull and just, I took home like 22 Red Bull in my suitcase because <laughs> they were I gained, free. I gained so much weight from the cruise because there was free soft serve ice cream. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, there was. Rushing ice cream. I'm talking like eight cones a day. Yeah. Like but, big. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, it's, it's that weird soft serve, though, that's kind of like ice crystallized that doesn't I really taste it. like real ice cream at all. <laughs> Give me the chemicals. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> But the, uh, yeah, I, I literally, it was a week. I barely took any photos. So, like, you know, a lot of times I go on trips. I'm a photographer. I take photos on my trips. I feel like I'm still working a little bit. Uh, so I literally just didn't talk to anybody, listened to music on the deck, and fucking drank in the hot tub. And it was like a dream. That does know? sound nice. And it was I, just nice because I didn't do it. I, like, turned my brain off for the first time in a long time. I think... That does sound nice. My idea of turning my brain off is less of a cruise and more of like a cabin in the woods, I think. Okay. But I see where you're coming from. I respect it. I would like to accomplish the same goal using a slightly different method. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. The on the deck listening to music thing, I did that. I read a book while I was on the cruise, basically on the deck exclusively, and that was Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and hanging with my parents as a as a you know, thirty four year old man, it's pretty chill. Oh no, it's opposite for me. Um, would yeah, you be nice. interested in trying out for our reality show where we have a uh, hundred men um, go into cabins in the woods alone to write a record and see who writes the best album? <laughs> Whoa, the best album? It wouldn't be me, uh, but I could try. I wonder yeah. what I would come up with. The I would just try to do something terrible bears. black metal record because then you could be like, yeah, it's bad. That, it's that is also another type of album that comes out of isolation in the woods. You're right. Yeah, I no, didn't think about that, that. We we went totally the Bonnie Vare direction. Right. I could do my own album cover. I'll just take a shaky photo of the forest. <laughs> I'll, which they all do for no reason. Uh-huh. And I'll Xerox, Xerox it 3,000 times. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'll write five songs that are each two and a half, or no, like a minute and 30 seconds long. And... Uh, and I'll scream unintelligibly and play the guitar, and you'll be like, wow, Shane's a black metal genius. This is fucking art. <laughs> Thank that was you. Like during the pandemic, I It's like, I, it's I like swore... the, black mount, the mountain black goats or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I swore during the pandemic I was going to get my, my fucking Jackson Dinky set up, and I was going to write the next Doom record. And then I was like, oh, yeah, guitar's Ooh. hard, and I'm not good at it. I forgot. I know it, dude. I, I, I do a music project right now, and I collaborate with uh, another guy in Canada, and we, like arrange the music and write it back and forth and i'm so bad at guitar i don't even try anymore i'm just i just tell him i go what about a sweep and like a like i like making mouth sounds and he's like 
And I'm like, put it in drop D and let me hear, bump, bump. you know, like he's like, yeah. okay, you're yeah, more you're... A, you're more of a composer than a musician, you know? I'm like if an architect was drawing with crayon and showed it to a guy and was like, <laughs> this building right here. And they're like, you're, I get kind of what you're saying. You're more Judd Judd than Earth Crisis. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I'm a, it. I sing. I'm too stupid for music, dude. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, but we're, not we're, too stupid for swords. No. It's true. I'm just stupid enough. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh yeah, the big metal cruise though. Any any big highlights? What um, uh like how many how many like comedy shows did you have to do? Because you and Mike were the only two. comedians on the cruise, right? Yeah, yeah. We did two. They you only had to do two fun. the entire week? <laughs> yeah. That's unreal. I mean, most bands only did two shows, so they That's can't true. make us do more than the bands, you know. Yeah. So we did two shows, and then I sang Limp Biscuits Break Stuff. That was a Hell highlight. Yeah. It was Hell very yeah. fun with a live band. Uh, something I've always wanted to do, and that was the highlight for me personally. Okay. Um. Yeah, the belly flop contest I got to judge was very cool. At oh, the end, awesome. I stripped to my underwear and belly flopped incredibly hard. <laughs> um, it, to show them how it was done. Sure. You know? of course of course and um yeah that was i mean it was a good time all around i really liked it i like i need um focus i can't just go to relax or like i i don't i anytime someone's like let's be social i'm like i would rather die <laughs> I, I i hate being social for the sake of being social i hate just standing around or like let's just go to a place and then whatever happens i'm like no i need a task you need an itinerary I, yeah if my friends don't surf skate climb hike if you're not doing a thing with me you will not see me i I just simply don't like i don't i don't just hang out yeah so a cruise is big hangout that's true it's all i like this cruise was like hey this this show hey this contest hey dodgeball like it was very activity focused Mm -hmm. that's where i'm at it's where i live I, i i i do well there yeah, because I think cruise comedian is also like a, a cruise sweet spot, though. Because for people who don't know about like the hierarchy and structure of like working on a cruise ship, if you work on the cruise ship, you aren't allowed to do anything yeah. except work. You're not allowed to be above deck unless you're on the clock, and unless That's you're an entertainer. Nabby shit. It's wild, but they it's also weird. have like their own bar. They have their own facilities. It's it's weird. But yeah, I think truly, they just don't like, want you impregnating like or no, that's doing also true. Like, who knows what's happened in the past? Oh, you hear crazy stories because like the it's like it's like the Olympic Village. It's people from all over the world working in closed spaces. Yeah, and uh, but it's like yeah, they have like a servants' quarters, but the entertainers are allowed to like be amongst the guests because it like helps bring people to the shows and it gets like the, you know morale is up and whatnot. Yeah. So I feel like I always thought like being the the comedian on the boat or you know the singer or something like you get like star treatment and you get to experience all the things that people are paying for you know i have a friend who's a comic on nordic uh whatever uh i almost said airlines that would be a nightmare oh my god the airline um, comedian cruise, like the and nordic cruises like the nordic cruise line and he's he loves it it looks awesome yeah i would i i would like to do it honestly I, yeah. I would rather just work for two weeks and make a whole bunch of money and not work for a long time. He works too much, though. Everyone works too much. Oh, I, I, you know, you. you're preaching to the choir there. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, a lot of I mean, a lot of those people on the cruise work like 10 months out of the year. It's crazy. Yeah, no way they live. don't have to. But they I think they become once you realize, oh, I can make like a lot of money. 
then you're like, well, I should spend this money. Yeah. And then it becomes like a cyclical thing. Not yeah, me, man. And- I live wildly under my means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit about stuff. I love that. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I was surprised. Uh, Andrew, do you have any other things for Shane before we? Well, I want to talk about. I want to talk about something, but I need you to set the mood for me, please. Oh, you need can me you to play, set the mood. Yeah, can you play um, 311's Amber, please? Oh. <laughs> All right, right off the top. Yep. So, Shane, I understand that you're in the surfing. Yeah, a <laughs> little bit. Um, do you get into the spiritual side of surfing? I do, genuinely, yes. I I recently I saw you post about surfing today. I follow you on Instagram, as a lot of single women do. Um, and single women like yourself, <laughs> yes. And I was curious because you 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 had a really long thing about surfing, and yeah. I and I wanted you to talk about because I I read a thing. Uh, about somebody else talking about like the spirituality, like being, you know, not religious in any way, not that kind of spirituality, but like there's like a spiritualism that comes with a certain mentality of surfing. And I wonder yeah. if you can speak to that. I surfing is it's like hiking or climbing where like nature is a major part of it. And like, of course, nature is one of the building blocks of spirituality. Like you can't have a fulfilling life unless you love people, um, are passionate about something and create and you exercise and get into nature. Those are without those things, you can't be a whole person. That's like the bottom baseline, whatever. And so like, you know, surfing combines so much of that you're creating because you're being creative. You're testing yourself physically. Um, you're being social and you're in nature. So it's like a supremely spiritual experience in ways that are like really hard to quantify. I I, mm-hmm. I think climbers experience it too. And also surfing can be as heavy and as dangerous as you want it to be, which now I'm like breaking into the areas of like, um it, uh not even fun but something that's so difficult that it becomes fulfilling and then now there's a brotherhood element because you're like commiserating with these other people in these dangerous situations there's what? an adventure element because sometimes you have to travel it's very difficult to get to the wave what, um what dangerous situation are we talking here i mean all kinds it depends on like what type of wave you want to surf like you can go to places where like I went to Puerto Rico and, you know, there's waves you can surf where it's just like I just walk out. I just wade into the beach with my bare feet and I jump on a board and I paddle a new wave. And if I fall, I fall on in the water. It's probably and if it does push me down, I'm going to go into sand. But you can surf like, you know, a reef that has holes in it and you can get trapped in them and drown or like mm. the waves are going to wash you up and it's going to cut you to pieces. And there's creatures in there that urchins and stuff that will stab you and you can go to other waves where the wave is incredibly heavy and will hold you down for many a long time and drown you or you can go to places where the wave washes into a cliff face and if you're not careful you're going to get smashed into the rocks and die and like or the waves can just get really big and you could paddle out into these big waves and um that is a whole nother monster entirely you know falling on a big wave is (laughs) gnarly um, and there's, it's a, you know, people call it heavy water. Some water's heavier than other places where the wave has a lot of energy and it's just, you know, smashes you. And 
it can be it's like climbing you know or or hiking or um you know truly anything it's as hard right. and, and as crazy as you want it to be there but... is a certain kind of you know sport i guess i don't sports that don't have like scorekeeping elements i guess that are yeah. just like f based on skill but repeated skill like nobody were you good when you started no no and i started as an adult so most surfers who are like accomplished or passionate about surfing the way i am i only run into people who have been surfing their whole lives i'm at the point in my surfing where i'm like the majority of the resources in my life are pointed at surfing like I, i'm it's the number one focus and i think it will be for as long as i am alive so um it's more important than my career it's more important than most of my relationship it's very important to me and so there are a crazy amount of people who feel this way surfing attracts a certain type of person who's like that's where the term surf bum there are people who are just like fuck it fuck money i don't care about life i don't care about status i don't care if people think i'm sexy or whatever surfing only and um and i'm at that point and the other people who are they've been doing it their whole lives so I'm in a weird spot. Every once in a while, I'll meet someone who started older. But I lived in Utah. So I've yeah, always not, been obsessed. Not big wave country out there. No, no. But I've always been obsessed with water. I played water polo. I was on swim team. I went to the lake all the time. You know, so I've swam my whole life. I'm a good swimmer. It was a good starting point for me. But I always loved waves. I was obsessed. If I was on tour with a band or something and we were in California, I'd be like, we're going to. We have to go to the beach and find a boogie board. <laughs> waves are so fun like i was obsessed i remember because i grew up skating i'm a good skater and i would be like how do people skate in california when you can just go surf why would you ever go on cement when you can get into the ocean I, I and so when i moved to new york i found out people surf in the winter with big wetsuits and oh, it was yeah. over for me the day i found out you could surf in snow i literally went to the beach found a guy and got a lesson that day Wow. And I have not looked back since. So, so, so where sorry. is Rock? You, you go to Rockaway Rock is my local. Yeah. yeah. Terrible place to start. Just if anyone's <laughs> wondering, Rockaway, I found out later. I'm like, man, it's really hard. And they're like, yeah. yes, it's like the hardest thing I've ever done. And they're like, not only that, but this is a terrible place to learn. <laughs> it's like a hard beach to learn at. And, and not only that, when you're like winter surfing, you can't, you have to get a dry suit, right? Like you have to really be careful I'm in a, with what you're wearing. I'm in a wetsuit. Really? Still, yeah. So, you can still surf in a wetsuit. It's very cold. Uh, it'll keep you warm, but if you fall, the suit floods. Oh. So you're while you're surfing, if you fall or you go under the water, you're going to get about 30 seconds of freezing ocean water. Oof. So yeah, oh. it's uh, it's an exercise in endurance for sure. You got to want it. You got to really yeah, want that's it. That's brutal. But I mean, uh, alternatively, you have these experiences. Like I'll just give an example. Right before Christmas, I'm in the water. And the sun is setting and it's like so beautiful over the water. And I'm with these three guys I've never met before in my life, but we just had this incredibly fun session. We're all cheering each other on and having a good time. And we're like, you know, that feeling when you're with another random dude at a show or whatever, and you're like, this is my best friend now. I would yeah. die for this guy. It's us. We're all together. The sun is setting. It's so beautiful. And you look out and you we're in the ocean, but you can see all of New York and it's lit up and there's Christmas lights everywhere. Fuck and the sun off. is setting and the snow is lightly falling and the beach is covered in snow that hasn't been walked on. 
It was like all of a sudden Seager Rose starts playing out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, dude, I was just You're like crying, what? I'm crying, Dan's crying. <laughs> exactly, man. And I was just like, this is beautiful. Like this is a moment that like I'm with these strangers. This is just for me. And another thing about surfing is not only are you in nature doing all this stuff, but then surfing is like fuck your phone, fuck people filming you, fuck people knowing about what you do. This is for you and those people in that water right now only. That's and it's cool. like really beautiful. Yeah, it was special. So I've so, had tons of those since I started. Are you interested in the competition aspect or are you just like personal fulfillment only? Personal fulfillment. I hate I the jock that. part of surfing. I I think it's the antithesis of surfing and skating. I support people who want to compete. I think it's cool to push yourself in your body, but people who take it too seriously and that's all they care about, I think that's like the antithesis of of that it's like battle of the bands it's like what are we fucking doing here guys like i think it's fun to do but like people take it seriously right they go yeah. nuts like i sold this many you know i hate that um it's art it's like self-expression it's fulfillment it's you and nature and it's so much more than like um just doing some stuff for a score also yeah. the people who rip the hardest don't do competitions because competitions score certain tricks like less well like people I like are doing like huge airs and like surfing harder waves and competition surfing is like, you know, doing a bunch of turns. I don't know. It's yeah. fine. What what are your what are your thoughts on shoobies? The worst, right? Shoobies? <laughs> <laughs> all all my all my surfer lingo I learned from Rocket Power, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Total I forgot beef. rocket. They, they, I forgot rocket power existed. They surf in rocket power. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's almost exclusively what they do. I guess they do all cool extreme sports. Uh, yeah. Andrew, did you? Are you in the water sports at all? Well, I mean, uh, no. I look. Um, I grew up in Florida. I, in fact, I grew up near a really great surfing beach in Florida. Um, and I just. You know, my parents weren't beach people. Um, yeah. You know, I I didn't really swim. I didn't really swim until I was in high school. Like, I could swim, but I, you know what I mean? Even if I went to a pool, I wasn't, like, doing laps or anything. Yeah. No, I, I tried to swim. I thought I thought I was going to, like, get in shape. Yeah. Because um, right now, I put on a pair of pants today. Like, I'm in the process of moving. I put on a pair of pants that I haven't worn in a while, and I look like a fucking golf ball on a tee. So at one point, I was like, I'm going to start swimming to, yeah. like, get in shape. Because, like, yeah, I that, like swimming, and I can I think just, like, you know, cyclically breathe. All body and, workout, yeah. Um, but the problem is, I can't fucking swim. I got mm. in there. I got winded after doing maybe two laps that I know I wasn't doing it right. I would look up at the fucking lifeguard right next to me because I was in that like far lane right in front of the lifeguard. And every time I would look up as I passed him, he would give me the like, "Are you good? Do I need to come?" He'd be like, "I'm, I'm, uh, like, do I'm I need to come in. in? Are, you, are you all right?" I would say don't get discouraged if you're like swimming and you're like, "Oh, I'm too tired." Like I would do side stroke or like yeah. breaststroke or back just like stroke, make know? it happen. Yeah, you just if you just make it happen and stay in the water, even if you're just treading water, it's so good for you. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, you did it cuz you liked it. That's the key for fitness. Everyone yeah. tries to go to the gym and so many so few people like the gym. That's the You'll never it. stick with something <laughs> you don't like. You have I, to you know figure I, it out. I used to go 
I used to go all the, I mean, for years I had a, a, a personal trainer and I kept going to him because it was like a dude that I liked. Yeah. And so after a while I was like, I guess I'm just going to pay however much money to hang out with this dude for like <laughs> an hour a week. Um, <laughs> and it, it didn't help that we smoked weed every night anyway, but, That's so um, funny. but finally after like two years of being like, well, let's try this. Let's try this. He was finally like, this is what you're going to do. Uh, you're going to go to the gym every other day and you're going to alternate between these two sets of three exercises. You're going to do, you know, five sets of five reps and you're done. Yeah. And it was like the best in shape I've ever been. And it was so fun. I'd get in there and listen to just the most angry fucking music. Uh, I listen like trash talk and just, yeah, and just deadlift. And it felt so good. Um, and then I had a kid and I didn't go for a month and I just never went back. It's been such a bummer. Yeah. The baby weight's tough to lose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you guys very unironically were like, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I got it. Yeah. I, I used to love uh, skimboarding. That was my beach oh, sport of okay. choice. Yeah. Skimboarding's <laughs> sick. I'm Big. really bad at it. But like oh, into really? the wave and like. Well, yeah. Like the real way you're supposed to skimboard is you like ride it into the break and then ride it back to the beach. You know, and there you can, are like, lake skimboarders too. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they, but they set up like skate parks. Oh, they have that's like ramps cool. and rails, and yeah, they'll run doing, and skim onto the ramp and do like a heel flip to that's, board slide. That's fucking wild. Like that's the shit. Like that. I think we talked about it on on the pod. But like when you see the fucking like now, there's like a kid pulling ten eighties after you know took Tony Hawk's whole career to do a nine hundred. Like every generation just gets way too good at something. It's the Back in my mile. day, if you were able like. An advanced skimboarder was the person who was able to ride the wave back to the beach. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, or yeah. like catch an air and do like a shove it off the off the lip of the wave. Like that was me. And now, yeah, apparently they're doing street style. No, they are, dude. Shout out to my friends Duran and Harbor Brickmore. They're the Brickmore twins. They're pro skimboarders from Utah and they That's rip, fucking dude. wild. That's fucking yeah, dude, I, doing, I love it. They it shape so their fun. own boards. And yeah, yeah they're doing kickflips you know, and stuff. It's nuts. I, my, I fucking rode into a wave and, and snapped my board in half, and I and I never bought a new one. I was too poor to buy a good skimboard, and so my dad made me one. Oh, you know, Whoa. got a, piece oh, like of a wood. wood one. My dad used yeah, to make like, them too. Laminated the top and like covered the whole thing in epoxy. Mm -hmm. Uh, real nice. Yeah, that's kind of sick. Still, like, it still exists and it still looks as nice as the day he made it. Yeah, I I, I got would never the use it. I fucking hate my dad, but we can talk about that on another <laughs> podcast. I uh, on your dad hate podcast. Yeah, just kidding, nice. dad. You're fine. But yeah, I uh, I got in the skimboarding right around the time they like invented the resin skimboard, where they started to actually like shape them a little bit more like surfboards. Mm. And uh, but yeah, snapped it. Wow, and never looked back. And this has been your skimboard moment. <laughs> run into the Dude, ground. That's so funny. Yeah, I miss it. But yeah, uh, real quick, I have a nice little fun clip here after our okay. last episode about um, Blink One Eighty Two. So oh, okay. We we got this cool little clip. Here we go. Hey, this is Tom DeLong, and you're listening to Run Into the Ground. All right. So thanks to Tom for reaching out. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> dude, hell yeah, dude. Got the Tom. <laughs> yeah, we got Tom. It got back to him. How much is how much is a cameo? Like, can we get enough people? What Shane, do you mean? Can you can you drive enough people to the, to our Patreon so that we can afford to get a cameo of Tom DeLong? <laughs> what do saying, you mean? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh so talking about music, <laughs> Shane. Uh I'm I'm very happy you didn't pick an album from the used. 
being yeah, from Utah. I know, I've I've no Burt McCracken, but I would not. I'm not a fan of the <laughs> use. I uh, yeah, I I don't know any other bands from Utah. Um, I was gonna pick a band that's half from Utah, half from Orange County, called Sleeping Giant. Um, okay, one of my favorite bands of all time. What else is a good band from Utah? Cherum, Aftermath of a Trainwreck. These are straight edge bands. <laughs> um, Sleeping Giant is very good though. Everyone should check them out. They're incredible. Yep. They're Christian, though. They're you know how Christian hardcore is somehow the most like heavy, oh, yeah. insane hardcore humanly possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's one of those. But um, I picked a a band. You you said it had to be meaningful, <laughs> and I was trying to think of albums that like. Well, you were, you were picking albums, albums that came out like within the last year. <laughs> Yeah, well, not me, dude. I <laughs> I was like, I, I gotta if a, an album is meaningful to me, and then like I have so many albums I love, but an album that affected me like emotionally and like motivated me and pushed me into being a, a type of person and has been there for me so long. I was like, this is it. This is yeah, the yeah. one. So I picked Hybrid Theory by Lincoln Park. You know, wait, I listened to Scott Core, the devil and more all week. Where did I get my wires crossed? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the uh, speaking of extreme sports, that's exactly what this record reminds me of. Yeah, because and speaking of Christian rock as well, someone, uh, you know, this album came out when I was 10 or 11 or so, I think. And uh, someone from church when I was going to church. which I did until like I was like 13 or so. And my parents were like, yeah, you can make your own decisions. Uh, but someone from church burnt the CD for me. Oh, and like even oh, printed out like handy. a pixelated cover to go in the jewel case, you know? Very nice. But Very I remember pro. listening to the CD uh, in my dad's truck with my friend, like three across a bench seat, uh, going to the Tom's River skate park for the first time. So like extreme sports memories, uh, big time with this record. Nice. And it it still reminds me of skateboarding. I, my first memory of it is, so I lived in a place where not a lot of people had computers and it's hard for as kids to get to each other because if you couldn't drive, a lot of us drove, even though we were like 12 or whatever, (laughs) but my family didn't have a car for me to take. So I would either have to ride a bike 15 miles to the next town or whatever um, t- to try and find a kid with a computer who could burn me a CD. But what we would do is we would all listen to the radio and we would make tape compilations. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. We would record the, you take one tape next to the radio and you record the song and you would try to like patch together as many songs of the band as you could on one tape. So you would like wait for the radio guy, you'd be playing video games and the radio guy would be like, next up, Linkin Park, you bam, get a Linkin Park song on the Linkin Park tape and That's so Rob sick. Zombie song on the Rob Zombie. And we had like one station that would play metal sometimes. So I had like five songs from Hybrid Theory on a tape before I ever got the album. That's so sick. Yeah. Like when you have to work for music like that, it makes it like more meaningful. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, I... and then we got a little older and we finally got the, we got a dial up internet. Mm-hmm. And my stepdad stole a computer from someone. And he's like, my, the kids like computers. So we put the computer in me and my brother's room. And LimeWire, baby, was Hell all yeah, over, dude. Yeah. We got all the music. And we oh, found some websites. The famous, like, Lincoln underscore park dot exe file. Oh, know? man, dude. I had every... We had, like... And that from there, it was over for me. You know, I, I was just, like... I found Pantera and Hatebreed and everything. I was on it. 
and your life of crime began. And my life Once of crime you truly to began. And Un- unfortunately, my life of crime predated the year <laughs> 2000, probably. I was a bad child. Oh, my God. And then Lincoln Park set you straight. So Lincoln Park did not set me straight, but they set me, they motivated me and they carried me through much heartbreak. I'm a very sensitive young man. Um, and as a boy, I took every uh, problem with a woman very seriously. I cried a lot in school. Um, and so there's a lot of laying on the ground, listening to Lincoln Park, <laughs> just like prone. <laughs> Just being like, he's he gets me, dude. I am crawling in my skin. How often do you cry when you listen to music now? Um, 50% of the time? <laughs> I have cried to a few songs, not maybe over the last year. I don't know. I've tried to be, I try to like let myself cry when I want to. Yeah. Uh, it's a thing I didn't, I cried a lot as like a teenager and then I got older and I, was doing i was up to all sorts of stuff where you had to be very macho guy or you were gonna die and um so for my 20s i was like no crying I fucking <laughs> and then i turned 30 and i was like let's fucking cry it let's out so cry. i'll cry again dude i've commercials <laughs> movies books Yo, i'll songs. fucking cry right now oh dude gonna, i will make, bro I'll, I'll make andrew <laughs> cry right now here we go oh <laughs> uh, yeah you'll get me actually it made me think uh because I had a nice. Uh, We're just listening to farewell transmission really now. We got seven minutes and twenty seconds left. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I cried listening to music the other day. I was so overwhelmed with like. Listen to this JSOM album a lot. Okay, it's like the youngest music i'll let myself to listen to <laughs> the youngest music yeah hey, you were just asking me if i was listening to the new eve's tumor record so no you're, you're more was... plugged in than i am at this point now somebody i i work with somebody who like listens to good music and like gave that to me and i was like oh this is kind of wait nope this is weird shit <laughs> so i listen to weird shit all day nice okay but, Oh this no! Album. I was I was like, yeah. yeah. Let's. Oh, this I thought album. you were transitioning. Okay. No, 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 up, no. Idiots. Uh, um, this is peak hype. new metal. Um, do you think so? I wouldn't consider it peak new metal. I think this is post new metal. That's what I would also say. I would really? say that there are more bands. I think this is the beginning of metalcore. I think Lincoln Park is not new metal. They're the first metalcore band. Interesting. The first yeah, popular mainstream <laughs> metalcore band, where it's like now you have bands like Gideon and Asking Alexandria and Fit those, for a King. Do you think do you, those, those are part of the same lineage to you? Um, like a band like Bad Bad Omens and Motionless in White, these two bands, which are like selling out theaters and stuff, those they are Lincoln Park. I mean, you really? listen to them, and it's incredibly heavy singing choruses, um, emotional music, slow songs and ballads, followed by like breakdowns that are like so heavy that you're like, "Why is this on this out? Who? What is this doing for this crowd? There's no way this crowd appreciates how heavy this is." You know, uh-huh. um, Bad Omens and Motionless and White are my two best examples, but they're so popular. And um, I think As They Lay Dying is like that you know uh another band that's like especially now really heavy incredibly clean vocals 
emotional lyrics. Um, Linkin Park is the precursor to that, and those bands are otherworldly popular now. Like they branch through metal into emo, back into new metal. The guy who works at Taco Bell in Ohio listens to Bad Omens, and so does like me. You know what I mean? And so I think Linkin Park is like the blueprint for that. They they walked so all these metalcore bands with clean vocals could run. Yeah, I don't know. I always, I mean, it was weird that new metal era of like everyone had their band too. There was like Limp Bizkit, there was Corn, there was uh, you know, we recently did an episode about the Deftones, and that was a lot of people's band of that era. Yeah, I mean, I would put this closer to the Deftones than I would Corn. You know, sure, but that's only because it's like it's slicker like there's it's i don't know i i don't want to say ethereal necessarily i don't want to say but there's something like they're like the proletariat corn <laughs> you think i don't know how to word it like it's really weird because i uh, i've never know, heard someone insinuate corn is the bourgeoisie yeah, before <laughs> <laughs> oh dude i guess just of that scene i don't know it's so like <laughs> uh, you know, I I I have never listened to this album in full before, like intentionally. Okay, really. Um, I my my first experience with this was I had a roommate who was obsessed when it came out, and I'm like, you know, as a 19 year old kid with a roommate who just blares this constantly. Um, you know, that was all I knew, and I just, you know, I didn't need rap in my heavy music necessarily mm. i don't know i just it was i was so you're not else. a body count fan is that what you're saying no i'm fine with body count um we got rap in the lyric we got rap in i know it. i know i know and and also i loved the judgment night soundtrack which i know has had a resurgence recently so mm. pass it yeah <laughs> what's um, on that uh look it up it was it's all rap and and metal really my cat's being crazy um yeah i don't know i think i think one thing about lincoln park is that it's one of those um oh like yeah, the fans it's better than you can imagine i'm sorry you you made me look at this now i can't now i can't see it helmet with house of pain oh okay um, yeah it's the the weird all the crossover stuff yeah, you're right teenage fan club with de la soul that's insane yeah Biohazard and Onyx, Slayer oh, and Ice T. Slayer Come on, and Ice this T, is perfect. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. Mud Honey and Sir Mix a lot. It yeah. has to be the funniest mix. Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill. That's a crazy one. <laughs> that's insane. Dinosaur Junior and Dell the Funky Homo Sapien. This is this like a rips. parody. I'm gonna listen to it later, but it's so yeah, that's bizarre. Awesome. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I had to refresh myself on just how big this record was. And it literally was the best-selling record of 2001. Yeah. Uh, it came out the late And it came out in October 2020. Yeah, or yeah. 2000, I mean. 2000, the 20th yeah. anniversary came out. But it sold 100,000 copies every week for two years. That's insane. And it sold a grand total of, t- like, worldwide 27 million copies. Like, it's unfathomable yeah how much that sold uh it's just it's it's fucking it's bananas uh um, yeah b-a-n-a-n-a and uh <laughs> paper cut right off the bat fantastic album opener mm-hmm. i gotta say yeah uh 
the guitar on it really really fucking good like during the pre-chorus oh man and it's just i don't know like the the hits were so such hits but i think listening back with like a 35 year old's ear uh there were some songs that like i uh, that weren't the hits that i think really latched on to be this this listen like um what was the song by myself i think oh dude yeah uh incredible and then also uh place for my head where like the two that i'm like these these are fucking catchy ass songs yeah i hated in the end because that video was absolutely played to death for like four years straight you couldn't get away from it which video was that it was they're playing in like a weird matrix cgi world that keeps uh and they're they're like it's like i don't know it's one of the animation studios that actually did the show into the animatrix remember that yeah they did that they like they did that as they were doing animatrix so that's it looks like one of the shorts from animatrix yeah that's wild Uh i didn't know that yeah lincoln park is like deep they have like references to gundam and anime and um all sorts of other stuff in their music and in their imagery that also really endeared them to like people like me who at the time i was a kid and i was like oh my god is that a gundam on the mantle and like the music you know that kind of stuff especially when you're a kid really endears you to a band yeah and they had a they had a gundam kind of thing on the reanimation record right yeah yeah exactly yeah Which reanimation also, i might like more than hybrid theory really i mean yeah. boss boss move uh waiting two years and then putting out a remix album of the previous album <laughs> yeah dude it, but, but it also, is incredibly remixed and then that that's the best-selling remix album ever made i believe yeah i have it on vinyl <laughs> that's sick uh but i also found out i'm like oh i used to think that was hilarious because i'm like wow what a fucking move uh but then i apparently they were just touring for literally like 320 days a year or something yeah which is like why would you do that insane good for them they probably made a trillion million bazillion dollars yeah Um, that's a good number i also found out uh it's very funny how they started because this came out on like warner music right off the bat and uh apparently their friend was the a and r at Zamba Records, and then by the time they were ready for this band to start, he was the vice president of Warner Music. <laughs> That's the way to do it. So not a not a bad way to get your start, uh, for sure. But they but like they... what what would an underground like what would a um what would like an independent version of this look like? I mean, they, apparently they were playing. They were around since '96. There are recordings of them uh, opening for Corn. I'm pretty sure. So they they were around and they also played with like some pretty wild like um, metalcore bands from back in the day. Uh, I can't remember their names, but I was looking into it. I was like, oh, wow. Like they're like they're in it. Like they were playing real underground shows and and uh, they were in like the metal circuit for sure. They they didn't have Chester with them for the first couple years. Yeah, because they were they were called Zero with an X, I think, and then Mm -hmm. they were called Hybrid Theory, and they had to change it when they got signed to Warner, to uh to Lincoln Park. And uh, yeah, it's very fun, Andrew. You might remember this. I just had the this intrusive thought pop into my head about uh, do you remember the band Shrine, the local band Shrine that used to play in in Central Jersey all the time? Uh. Oh, they were like 
a metal like a rap metal band with a turntable but they would play like that hardcore way, shows at the community way, college way after no i mean i was at the time i would have been 17 or 18 i would have been 30 <laughs> that's not true <laughs> but uh, i was like damn andrew looks good as hell bro <laughs> no, you know how i do so um yeah i so i found it this week that my my lincoln park album is meteora Oh yeah, it's a good one. Mm. Um, it's, it's cohesive for sure. Yeah, and I think that like I I, th- I, I always complain about how um, albums always just sound like the same tone straight through, and it's like sort of boring. Um, the only thing that stays the same here is just the guitar. The guitar mm. has that same metal zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, straight into the board. Sound I would say the guitar. Time. It doesn't sound like it's coming out of an amplifier yeah. in any way. Uh, it's it's directly it's into like the boards the with like a plug-in distortion pedal. I like I fantasized a little bit about like what would this record sound like if like you know it was like an actual rock record. You know what I mean? And not yeah. like yeah. I mean there is a um there's an album. Oh shoot, I can't remember what it's called. That is a bunch of hardcore bands and metal bands doing a, a basically an homage, and they all cover Hybrid Theory songs. Oh wow! And like. The album is so fucking heavy when you hear it. I mean, my I was in a band that um that covered One Step Closer and like it 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 was like people would lose their like it's so heavy if you want it to be. Yeah. yeah. Um and they're they're like um have you ever seen Corn or Disturbed in person on yeah. accident? I remember <laughs> at the, when at the store. I saw well, you know, you, you guys like us you might end up at Ozfest or something. Sure. Sure. But I saw, I remember seeing Corn for the first time in person, and I liked Corn. They're fine. And I saw them in person, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is heavy. Like, My friend makes all the clothing for Corn. Unreal <laughs> how heavy they were live. Like, I was, I was young I, enough. I was impressed. I was young enough to buy the self titled not long after it came out. And like, that was unbelievably heavy at Blind, the time. Blind is yeah. a fantastic song. Dude, he, like when I heard them live, I I got I I was very lucky to see them. They were so popular, but in like an enclosed space in this like theater in Utah. And like, dude, I was like, okay, this changes. It's kind of like most metal and hardcore, where you're like, I if I see the band live, it enhances the record exponentially. Yeah. And uh, hi, uh, Lincoln Park was that way for me. I saw them live, and I was like, oh, this was heavy. Like their the guitar tones were a little different. The vocals were more like um you know raw and like real the singing was a little less pitch perfect or whatever it was and i was like damn this is this is hitting like i could i could jump off of something to this and so i think that enhances the album for me because i listened to it as a kid crying a lot it's very emotional (laughs) or whatever you know and i was listening to it back then mostly for like the clean vocals you know, I like that it was a little heavy, but you, and then I got that like clean vocal thing. You can sing along to it. We didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, it wasn't until like a Treyu and like um, uh, Killswitch Engage that you started to get more of like, oh, okay, here's some clean with some heavy. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not like today where Architects is like the biggest band ever, and they're just Linkin Park 2.0. Um, yeah, it's. It's crazy to think how heavy popular music was at this time, though. That's the thing. Like, it's nuts. It's this album's way heavier than I remember it, especially listening to it as like a ten-year-old with no real frame of reference of like actual metal or hardcore music outside of like 
Black Sabbath that my dad listened to, you know? And, uh, you know, I, you know, in middle school or whatever at the time, uh, like, the worst people I knew were into, like, Slipknot, you know? Yeah. And then, like, I revisited Slipknot as, like, a 29-year-old. And I'm like, fuck, this is heavier than most of the stuff I listen to now. You yeah, know? Like, Iowa is a gnarly album. Oh, it's, like, you're the like, first Whoa. two records are bananas. And it's just, it's so, <laughs> it's so heavy. <laughs> and uh, it, it's just, it's crazy that they, like, are one of the biggest metal bands, you know? Here, yeah. I've always sort of struggled with how much I like certain heavy music, but not others. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, I we talk a lot about Discordance Axis. Um, mm-hmm. and that's like that's <laughs> my brand of heavy. Like power violence, uh, you know, some grind, um, a lot of screamo. Like that's my heavy. And really. that's not even like heavy music in the sense yeah. of it's it's just like it's grindy, it's fast and, right. and kind of mid range. I just I you know, I can't think of a single and I don't I don't mean to say new metal is like a reductive thing, but like in often my, people do. Yeah, in my like in my adult life, there wasn't a single like mainstream heavy band that I was like, yeah, that's this is good. Yeah, mm. except for I guess maybe Queens. I do love Queens well, of the Stone Age. It's it's kind of hard They're to hard believe rock, how yeah. how big fucking like Knocked Loose is right now. Yeah, like Knocked Loose is someone who like totally broke away from like. Uh, I think what Bob Shedd has talked about it, like the, or, or maybe Pat Kinlan, but like the hardcore ceiling, like the glass ceiling of hardcore, you can only be so successful. And yeah, like Turnstile is absolutely huge. But, yeah. but I never, think, they're never going to be Linkin Park huge. I, no, no, I don't, no. I don't think any band could be Linkin Park huge right now. Like, I don't think it's po- like the world, like the music industry has become so aerosolized. Like there's always that argument of like, could there ever be another Beatles? Like, could there ever be a band that's so universally popular that kind of unifies, like, an entire culture, you know? I think so. And the thing is, like, everyone's taste is so varied now because there's so many options and there's so much access. Like, when the Beatles and the Stones were around, like, it's just like, oh, there were, you know, a hundred bands in the world and, (laughs) like, and only, you know, 75 of them got regular radio play at a time and yeah. and those I will were, say that's too, what you listen to there was you only had access to a very specific amount of bands there's also a mindset that even if we don't want to admit it affects us like your enjoyment of something can be deeply affected by your mindset that's why like you can dislike something and think it's corny and then you come back to it later as an adult when you have nothing to prove and you're like not a ch- jaded kid and you're like oh this was good What's my problem? And so when the Stones were out, they're the most popular thing. And everyone's like, this is so good. This is so good. But how little pushback was there to be like, no, this this actually sucks because the cool thing I like is better. That that guy in a jacket wasn't hanging out at the local show, ruining it for everyone being a dickhead. Yeah. So then everyone's like, are they good? I'll trust you. I don't know. And they listen (laughs) to it with an open mind. And they go, oh, yeah, some of this is catchy. I I, I I don't think they're universally loved. I just think they're not hated at the time. That's there are fair. people who'd be like, I don't listen to the Stones, but these hits are catchy. Yeah, I don't have anything yeah, yeah. negative to say. And then it becomes a like, do you want to come to the Stones show? Well, I don't hate them. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's this weird self-fulfilling rolling thing where everyone begins to like it. Whereas nowadays, 
we it's not that we don't like things it's that we hate things you know we love to hate you know uh the rolling stones sound pretty good when uh some mfers in your ear telling them they're bad you know that's what i yeah yeah <laughs> so we we just love to hate so much that that's i think that's what holds back the universality of of enjoyment for music and just anything in our culture nowadays yeah so no that's so a hater it, culture you know so you don't you don't believe in the term guilty pleasure then? No, I'm not guilty about pleasure. It's a core heard, human I've, experience. I've heard that about you. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about pleasure a little bit, Dan. Can you put on some more? Uh, uh, <laughs> can you put on some more uh, three eleven amber, please. I'm ready to get sensual. Right back into it. <laughs> I don't know why that's my go-to. Like, I, I'm not sure why it's your go-to either. I, I like it. I think song. it's cool it's and so good. Because it's like, it's whimsical, but it's also like this. Put uh, on Love Song instead. It's fine. <laughs> There's something just like this. I would say 311. I piano. Of, of this genre, 311 is, is my band. Okay. Of, of I the think, 311 genre? No. Uh, you wouldn't put 311 and Linkin Park in the same genre? No. That's no. fucking time, insane. Time frame for sure, but not same genre at all. No, they're, they're so I, far away from each other, in my opinion. I mean, like, sure, to, like, to the uh, initiated, but, like, I would say that most pop music listeners would put them... I'm going to ask a pop music listener. Hold yeah, on. yeah. Ask just, like, a guy <laughs> off the street who would know both. So... Uh, while None you're doing that, people. this is a really interesting thing that I kind of thought of while I was thinking about this, while I was explaining to my enjoyment of this album to Andrew, who originally, we'll get to this, was a total hater up until, like, this morning. Up till this morning, it's at 8 a.m. Around that's okay. He's texting you. Yeah, but uh, what I thought was an interesting takeaway from this, because we've talked a lot about, a, you know, this whole record, we talk a lot about formative records and, and whatnot, and there's stuff like... Uh, you know, like we had Enema of the State for last week's episode, and and that stuff that still pops in the rotation a little bit. But this was a for like a very formative record for that time in my life. But it didn't follow me into adulthood. Mm. Like it wasn't a record that I would revisit in any frequency. I probably hadn't listened to it in full up until this week for fifteen years. You know, interesting. Okay. Uh, but so it was still like a very formative really record are. that's a very specific time in my life, you know? Yeah. But I I you mean outgrow it. isn't the right word, but it just didn't You matured, come with me. Dan? You matured? I, I, some would say, yeah. I I, say that. I uh I kept listening to Lincoln Park as they evolved as a band, and I thought it was at first I hated like after Meteora. Meteora is like not as heavy. Mm -hmm. But they're in the realm of metal still, and there's some bops that are oh, like the, go the breakdown harder. at the end of Faint is yeah, killer. so sick. So Meteora, I remember being a kid, being like, ah, I wish it was heavier. And then um, I can't remember what came at Catalyst or whatever came out after Meteora. Damn, I can't remember. I'm a fake fan, but um, it was wildly different, not heavy. Then the one after that was like heavily inspired by like British techno. What's British techno called? Like, like house it, music? No, it's like up tempo, so you can't dance to it. It's like oh, like like IDM. Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's called um intelligent uh, dance or music. BDM. It's like British dance. Anyway, it doesn't oh, matter. Okay. It's like a dun 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 dun. It's fun. It's like European thing, but it was inspired by that. And it was like really far away, and they had like weird punk rock influence there. And then the album after that was like a pop album, 
And then they were on like the Transformers soundtrack a bunch. And they were like, I remember like at first being annoyed, but then being like, oh, how interesting is everything they're doing? They're so good at it. And then so I was always a fan. I think my favorite song of all time might be Catalyst by Linkin Park. Really? Yeah. I I don't know. It's just a song that gets a listen for me like every day somehow. Okay. Yeah. Which is weird. I, I know it's weird because like. In my free time, I'm listening to music that's incredibly far away from that, um, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, there, there's a lot of interesting kind of influences on this record, too. Uh, well, we were talking about the guitar tone. It is very funny that the guitar tone is so, it's all sustain and like no attack. Like yeah. The, <laughs> it sounds like someone could literally play it on a keyboard. It's almost like white noise, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, I, it's I did 100%... have written down that it sounds like someone is tuning static. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> literally. It sounds like you're playing a white like white noise on a keyboard, but just pitch bending it a little bit, I noticed, you know? I noticed that uh, a lot of the riffs start out with almost like a pinch harmonic. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like the beginning of a, is that the beginning of a paper cut kind of does that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it sounds like he's he's like doing the downstroke, like as he's you know fingering with his the fingers chord. just Ooh. slightly off the fretboard. Never yeah, said fingering a chord before. Can we like <laughs> rewind? But uh, um, "Cure for the Itch" uh, was a song I always really enjoyed, which is the one. It's just what John Han. No, what's his name? Last name's Han. But that's the one where he's like, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce, and then say, like, heavy, like, Mr. Han. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, that's there's, the chance that. for the DJ and him to flex yeah. their muscle and be like, we're in the band, too, and we're yeah, actually yeah. contributing quite a bit. Yeah, and but there's, there's kind of uh, sounds on that song that are, like, they sound like Boards of Canada, and they sound like some of that, like, British techno, like, Apex yeah. Twin stuff, you know? And listening to that with like a more experienced ear, I was like, "Oh, I, I know where he's getting these these references from. Like these are yeah. really cool." And it and it sounds kind of like almost like a movie score, you know. There's a lot of like reverse strings and stuff on it. That's one of the things I love. I listen to movie scores quite a bit. I always have, um, and so I think that is something Lincoln Park does, where like a lot of music for me is about daydreaming. Which is a whole conversation we don't have to get into. But when I was a kid, I was addicted to daydreaming. It was a real problem. But um, <laughs> addicted to daydreaming. Yeah, uh-huh. like I can induce daydreams that that are like visual. Like I can dream while awake. You know, you know the kids on TikTok call that shifting, right? Uh, yes, we got into a whole conversation. Someone Wait. was like, "You shift," and I was like, "No, it's like a medical thing. Some people become <laughs> addicted to it. It's just daydreaming. You're just you're just really good at daydreaming. Your imagination is powerful. And they're like, no, you're shifting. And I'm like, it's I'm gonna lose my mind. The, but the you know kids what? are the kids are gentrifying daydreaming now. I know, it's so funny. And I was <laughs> mad about it at first. I was like, this is insane. These kids are so stupid. And then I was like, good. I hope it ruins their lives. They deserve it. They deserve it. You're gonna be that stupid that no, it's not I'm not daydreaming. I'm going into an alternate universe where I have a different boyfriend. It's like yeah. you're thinking of it. You're making it up. <laughs> and then these kids are horrifically depressed because they're not married to Harry Styles in this current reality. Uh. I, I will admit that, like, my if you can induce daydreams the way they're describing, it does affect you pretty deeply. It's like a weird thing. Oh, when I was a, a kid, yeah, a it became thing. so bad that our school counselor, yeah, a doctor had to be like, oh, no, this is a real thing. He's actually dreaming while he's awake. It, you have to, like, like, help him. I don't 
are you're on the wrong podcast. I think you need to go on Otherworld. Like that's not. <laughs> it's true. Look it up. People become addicted to daydreaming. That's pretty wild. Yeah, but music is how I induce it. Okay. So like often I would listen to music and I would induce daydreaming, and Linkin Park was a big one for that. Getting to those binaural beats. Oh, dude, really in there. Oof. The uh, there was another world. Po- uh, there was a whole other world episode about that. The gateway process of like when the government tried to like weaponize, um, like all these different things and like binaural remote viewing and all kinds of crazy shit. Oh yeah, in the eighties, it's the many Sarah goats. Yeah, yeah, the, that's up there too with the with some of the weird like psyop kind of things or like like not psyop but like psychic op kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. But uh, yeah, everyone, everyone, go <laughs> read the gateway process leak documents. Speaking uh, of the psyop stuff, Linkin Park was one of the bands they played at Abu Ghraib. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, it was Linkin Park, Metallica, or Metallica, and then like two other bands I can't remember. But they wow. to torture people, they would. Just play Linkin Park for someone who's never heard it before. I remember it was a big deal in in the hardcore community that uh, in, I think, Zero Dark Thirty, they used uh, the band Rorschach to to torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The prisoners. Sky Eats Airplane, just losing your mind. Oh, my God. I used to love Sky Eats Airplane. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. Finally, someone understands. But yeah, I don't know. This uh I'm trying to think of other little tidbits I found about the record. Uh the cover of the record was inspired by Banksy. Okay, interesting. But this is pre Banksy kind of sucking. Oh yeah, yeah. This is when Banksy was was this cool is, and you're saying and this was peak Banksy. Making yeah. a statement. You know? But also like it was before like the public really knew about Banksy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't get in the Banksy until like two thousand five, you know, oh. so Shane. I didn't know who he was until recently. <laughs> really? No, I, I there's like a famous Banksy piece in Utah that they like framed. They're like, he did it. And I was like, I don't. What is this? Why do we no. care about this guy? I There was a really funny time in New York. I think this was the year before I moved up this way. Might have been like 2014 or 2015. But um, Banksy did his New York uh, residency where he just made a new public piece every day for like, 10 days or something but stuff would go up around the city and then immediately just get stolen so like fun. there was um i think it's on the corner of like 6th and 23rd maybe but there was like an old bank with a big clock and he made uh and it's been there abandoned for i don't know fucking years uh maybe it was when i was still living uh when i had moved up here but literally he made like a rat running in the clock like a wheel very that Banksy had it again, making a statement about the rat race. Uh, But literally within an hour, they were like removing the clock. (laughs) So funny. Uh, Did I tell you about my the people we used to do a nanny share with, who had like street art all over their house? Mm. And uh, brutal. I, I, you know, we were when we first met them, we were doing a tour of their house. We went upstairs, and they had like a or no in their kitchen, they had like a framed space invader on the wall and i was like 
that's that's weird and they were like oh no it's it's fake like somebody made that for us it's like oh okay i get it we go upstairs <laughs> and they show me a real one that the husband oh. had like climbed up a wall and, and fucking no. right off a wall and i was like these are not my people these yeah. are not my people at all <laughs> the uh there was a really cool space invader piece um right at the end of uh the term well uh the exit like 14 on the turnpike heading to the uh, holland tunnel did it, it look a big, like a cool a, uh, 8-bit image? It was a yeah, it was a big 8-bit bit slice of pepperoni pizza. Mm. And then someone one day just scraped it off. But uh yeah, the the Banksy shit. There was some yeah, there was one that was really funny. He made like a sphinx out of like bricks out in you know the area out by Met Stadium that's just like a total like wasteland. Oh, it's called Queens. <laughs> it, it is <laughs> got him. It, it is part of Queens. <laughs> But it's uh, it's the part where it's just all auto body shops, and it's just like a total weird zone. Uh, but he made one out there, and then like immediately, just a bunch of like crazy sketchy dudes just like packed it into a U-Haul truck and stuck it in storage somewhere. Wild. And I think they've been trying to sell it ever since for like eight years now. So funny. Um, I have a Mountain Dew question for you, Shane. Oh, please, hit <laughs> me with it. How the fuck do you drink this all the time? Jesus Christ. Well, it's diet. I drink diet. I got uh, the diet. Well, yeah, we, we got me. Mountain Dews for the occasion to get us in the headspace. I, I saw, I don't know if that joke is new or old, uh, about having the uh, Mountain Dew guy nickname. Oh, yeah, that's an, that's an oldie. An um, oldie, but a goodie. I, uh, Enlighten I went, us, I, I haven't out. heard it. Oh, uh, uh, no, I want Andrew to tell your joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, yeah, let's no hear problem. Andrew do it. Um, you know, so I go across the street. You know, it's so funny because I have a similar experience, <laughs> right? Like, I Pivoting. live across the street from a, a convenience store, which I go into daily. Mm. Um, and they don't call me, like, always stoned guy. They call me tasty <laughs> cake guy. And, um, and you still go in there and say, uh, yo, Ock. And they're like, please don't. Please don't call me that. <laughs> Uh, the chopped anyway, cheese, my brother. So I'm I'm not gonna tell your joke because I'm I'm not good at jokes. For those of you who want to hear it, Amazon.com. So no, <laughs> uh, it's probably for free on YouTube. <laughs> oh um, man! So Dan, yeah. How much are you gonna listen to Lincoln Park in the next few weeks? Mm, good <sighs> the, are you gonna ride this wave? It, it's been it's been playing in my head all day today i was on a job working in like an office uh doing doing photo work and all in my head all here is like sick of the tension sick of the hunger <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just playing in my head this like steady beat all day um but yeah it was it was uh i mean it's it's fucking catchy it was a hit for a reason you know and um you know, I was telling Andrew that there's been bands that have, like, brought the turntable back into, like, heavy music again. Uh, are you familiar with the band Vane? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They turntable all over that new record. Awesome. Yeah, I and, love that stuff. Do you and, know what I want to come back? Movie quotes in song. Oh, hell oh, yeah. yeah. Sign do you me guys up. Do you guys remember the band Kill Whitney Dead? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. no. There's they're always... all their big thing was a crazy amount of movie quotes. Yeah, that like, was that was the second singer. I think that was the owner of Trust Kill Records band. He was yeah. the one in Kill Whitney Dead. I love that. Inhaling the Breath of a Bullet is a fantastic record. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, and I love like 
I've heard those quotes so many times, and then I've watched the movies that they're in, and it's like it, it's just like shocks me. I'm like, oh, that's are what we that's from. About, are we talking about multiple quotes per song? Oh yeah, Both, we're talking more than multiple. We're yeah. we're talking like, and then every album releases twice because every album has different quote. They have they change up the quotes in two different albums. What? But I'm talking like movie quotes over lyrics movie quotes during choruses movie quotes following like it's a it's in the music Damn, it's just really play it. it, it's I mean, really I, interesting storytelling it uh, is. device for music i i personally love it i used to be obsessed with hardcore bands with or metal bands would like open up a heavy breakdown with a movie quote uh-huh yeah. My band, uh, which like we just like goof off. We're not a real thing. We even like threw. Uh, we have a, a song where we throw uh, Robin Williams' "Crow" from Hook before a breakdown. It's just <laughs> oh so fun. In my, hard, in my hardcore band, we uh, we just played uh, quotes from the movie uh, Heavyweights a lot. Hell yeah, uh, yeah. Here, let's play this one. It's called "Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza." It's a great Off one. The 2002 album Inhaling the Breath of a Bullet. There are no more barriers to cross. All I have in common with the uncontrollable and the insane, the vicious and the evil, all the mayhem I have caused and my utter indifference toward it, I have now surpassed. My pain is constant and sharp, and I do not hope for a better world for anyone. Be gone, King. In fact, I want my pain to be inflicted on others. Yes. I want no one to escape. <laughs> Get the fuck up out of here. Wait for it. Give him a little lyric and then he'll come back with a movie quote. It's really grindy. This is incredible. It's so good. This is actually a long time before another movie quote for them. I know. This is like one of the longer songs on the record. We spoke over one Just of them. Everything. But yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I, need to, I, I love this record. I need to go back and listen to it immediately. Just all drum machine and just like really yeah. bad guitar tone. It's, He's it's, one guy. That panic yeah. chord is great, and then oh, so the good. fact that it like reverberates throughout the it, entire breakdown with the double bass. It is sounds like, like a siren. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, like, it's really good. Let's go. But there's a ton of songs where there are more movie quotes, and he has a few where he does not sing, and it is it's entirely movie, movie quotes. quotes. Well, they have a, a Christmas album that's all Christmas <laughs> movie quotes with heavy fucking breakdowns in it it rocks i love that man they are a little problematic i'll be real they did not <laughs> age well he got his feelings hurt by a lady or two and his music reflects that <laughs> but if you if you get past that and you go hey let's respect and love women this music rocks well that's uh <laughs> the other one is uh because the, the big two well there was kind of three big like movie quote bands uh the other one was graf orlock which is most people's go-to when it comes to that kind of music mm -hmm. uh and then there were dr acula who were local favorites of mine um who Actually, recently no, what am i saying dr acula rocks D yeah they uh my old band our best show we ever played was with dr acula 
Hell yeah. It was great. And they actually just put out a record recently, and it's not bad. That's it's pretty sick. good. Uh, but Graf Warlock had the song where they made a breakdown out of the um, Jurassic Park theme. Very fun. Let's let's see if I can find it. It guys, I hate to do this, but I have to because of the Mountain Dew. I have to pee so bad, it's unreal. Okay. Is it? Can I take a? Can we? Can we take a quick break? Yeah. Why don't you yeah, pop out while Dan fucking plays this? Awful I'll be right shit back. I will okay. be. All right. I'm gonna play this for Andrew, and we're gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna skip ahead though for the. Uh... For the breakdown. Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> it's so good. exists oh man oh Gref warlock though they kind of kind of got bullshit so they were a big movie quotes band and then they put out a newer album and i'm like what the fuck movies are they quoting and then i read up on it and they were quoting a movie that they made like a fake movie that they created Oh, that's that they were then taking quotes from a fake movie macro, that didn't exist. Micro, macro. Uh, I think the next Patreon mix should be songs with movie quotes in them. <laughs> that would be sick. It would just be, yeah, I, I have a couple. I think, I don't know if a, if Dr. Acula didn't get the rights to a lot of them. Oh, interesting. I you missed it. He... Andrew just lost his mind to the, the breakdown of, uh, it's Turing. really good, but, uh, yeah, Dr. Acula, I don't know if they got the rights to a lot of the quotes that they had, but there's definitely some. Um, now, we're, now we're just brainstorming songs with good quotes in them. I like, have you ever listened to Bird of Elman? Please, someone say yes. No, what's that? Oh, man. Um, there's a Bird of Elman record called When Love Should Have Shown Interest in Us Both. <laughs> um <laughs> And I want to say that record starts out with a really good movie quote. Uh, I don't think that exists on, on Spotify. On Spotify no. no. I'm pretty indie, so like, I don't know if you know most of the stuff I like. Yeah, well, oh. I'm a big fan of uh, the Dawson's Creek quote at the beginning of Take Her to the Music Store by From Autumn to Ashes. The, uh, when you break my heart into a thousand pieces and you say it's because I deserve better. Classic. What was the band that... Oh, Bleeding Through... The, there was a firefight. Do you remember that movie? Oh, quote? <laughs> or, or that. actually, the uh, like multiple songs off of the very first "A Day to Remember" record. That's just all quotes from uh, from Boondock Saints. Oh yeah, yeah. With they have the full like prayer before the song. <laughs> 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 Wait, I kind of need to play that one. <laughs> oh man, Dude, what a time! I. I watched someone get power bomb through like power like choke slam through a table during a day to remember set. Uh when they had their like only their second album out. 
Jeez. What? Oh, I'm trying to think of another band. What was... Oh, damn. I can't a... remember. There's... No. Uh, is it this one? No. Is it the last song? Yeah, here we go. It's just like cut directly from the movie. <laughs> so good. And teeming with soul shall it ever be. Ignominy Patri. It feely. That's oh. fucking sick. Okay, I found it. It is on Spotify. Okay. Um, look up the album Self Dare You Still Breathe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bird of Ill Omen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bird of Ill Omen. All yeah, right. start off the first song. Is a, is a train spotting one? Nothing could have been further from the truth. In point of fact, nothing was going to be just fine. On the contrary, everything was going to be bad. Bad. I mean, everything was going to be even worse than it already was. Jesus. It's fucking so good, isn't it? It's recorded like shit. Well, I mean, it's of the era. That's true. <laughs> this is just troubling. Alright, I'm back in. Yeah, it sounds like Dead Guy. <laughs> it does. Yeah, yeah. So fucking good. good. I love this band. I it, I never understood why people had no idea who Bird of Illumin was. I mean, I, I get it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have one last um, thing that I, I I couldn't put my finger on. Okay. Until this morning, and I didn't want to mention it too early in the podcast. So I didn't want to ruin. Uh, I didn't want to ruin uh, Lincoln Park for you, for you guys. Um, I was trying to figure out who Mike Shinoda sounds like, and he kind of he sounds like Andy Samberg. He sounds like he's it's like a serious Lonely Island song he's singing. Oh, okay. That doesn't ruin <laughs> anything for me because I like the Lonely Island. Okay, All I, right. I, I think it's fun. It, you know, it, I'm, not, it, I'm not like bopping the Lonely Island, but like you, on a boat goes here, Mike pretty- Shinoda. <laughs> rapping on this it sounds like andy samberg That's if you really picture funny. like andy samberg doing it it, it fits it's I, I thought you were going to be like i don't want to ruin lincoln park for you guys or bum anyone out but chester bennington died and <laughs> <laughs> like what what oh no this no is way! how i find out oh, i just um, throw my headset off you know my so my final thought is actually like a tearjerker not really but um so my wife and i don't ever talk about music my she doesn't care about the music I like for the most part. Um, you know, it's it not to a point of being contentious unless it's the national, but um but we started talking about Lincoln Park and I was like, I just don't get it. And it, you know, it's it's not for me. And I just, you know, I was somewhere else when this was going on. And she opened up about like how much she loved this record wow. and how much like what what it means to like grow emotionally as an adolescent listen to music that like expresses an emotion you've never expressed before yeah like at a depth that you've never expressed that um and it was a really really great conversation uh, you know a, a, a really good opportunity to talk about music with my wife something i care so much about so so oh, I, wow. I guess i you know it's a really good time i'm crying right now i mean inside <laughs> but like <laughs> 
That's re- that's really sweet though. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a pretty. It it felt we we like stopped talking and she like went back to the TV like it, you know like I don't care. And <laughs> yeah, I sat yeah. there. I sat there for a minute like. <sighs> yeah, I mean that is the thing about this album and Linkin Park specifically. I think that they they do a really good job of like if you if you are open to it, they'll touch on that emotional nerve and kind of like do the thing. You know, and especially back then, there was so little music that was available to you that was it was it was like Limp Bizkit, which is all anger, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, or it was like, you know, all emotion. There was nothing that was sort of like you're angry, but you're sad, but you you don't want to give up, but you're giving up like it. They really tapped into this, uh, you know, the, the this like especially teenage experience where you're just like, why do I fucking hate everything? Why am I lonely even though I have friends? Why am I so horny right now? Where yeah. am I? Like, <laughs> why is everything hard? Like, it, why does no one take me seriously? Like. You know, and it, it's anger, sadness, but also hope and like possibility. And, you know, Lincoln Park was like, hey, you, hey, look, what's up? And everyone <laughs> yeah, was like, I'm... oh, my God, this is so much better than like all the small things, which is not actually what it's, you know, like to be a kid or whatever. Everybody listened to last week's episode. <laughs> <To hear laughs> yeah, I thought I tied in things. for you. I thought I tied thank in you, for you. Thank you. Thank nice. you. Nice tag. You're welcome. <laughs> Shout out, Tom. Does, Aliens uh, are real. Yeah, it's friend of the pod, Tom. Thanks for making that bumper for us. Um, uh, top top tracks. What, top what are tracks. Your, what are your I favorites mean, I, on this record? I'm deep in on the whole thing. I will say, one step closer was like so. Uh, does something for me really specific. I think that um, Runaway is one that like is overlooked. I think that's a really really good song. And a place for my head, I think, too. It's like emotionally like that's one where I could still like, oh, man, I'm like I went through a breakup last year and I listened to this album the whole way through. Wow. I, I was like, I really went back to it. I'm just like laying on the floor it's of my New York apartment. Therapeutic. Yeah. Just yeah, looking it, up it, at the <laughs> ceiling. I, I had a while I was heartbroken because I hadn't been heartbroken in so long. I mean, I've only I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a dater. I'm not good at it. It's and so I, I haven't had very many relationships to even end. And so I'm like going through heartbreak for like the second time in my life ever. And and in that space, I listened to a bunch of albums front to back doing nothing else, which I hadn't done in a long time just to plug in like your headphones to your turnstile and and listen. And that was one of the ones that got to listen. And I was like, wow, this is like they're still here for me. You know, it was a weird sort of like doubly emotional thing. That's cool. Yeah, there's a there's a weird in times of like. You know, uh, I feel like like losing a friend or family member, going through a breakup. There's times where you almost have to like use music as like life support. Yeah. I, like, I know it's a corny way to word it, but like you so know, true. you have to you have to plug into something else to like prop yourself up for a couple days. Um, and sometimes you need to like revert to adolescence a little bit, you know, just to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, every time my feelings get hurt by someone I'm romantically involved with, I got to listen to um, Wicked Game on repeat yeah. for like 20 <laughs> times, dude. <laughs> openly <laughs> weeping <laughs> in the car, <laughs> just like dry, you know. Uh, more That's such a horny video. Somebody was talking about that. <laughs> I've never video seen recently. it. The, the, the entire video is just like, like, 
fuck it, rolling around fucking on the beach. I'm more of a Foolish Games by Jewel fan or a, or a yeah. Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. That's that's the go-to right there. Oh, wow, this music video sucks. <laughs> I, think... I would have imagined it would be like this heartbreaking sort of like... I no. want to love you, but we're too far apart no, to be together, or we can't. Opposite. We're very no, close. Interesting, um, dude. He he literally was just like, "Let's get two hot people to bang." Yeah, this, this is I a mean, good reason. Chris Isaac happens to be one of them. Yeah, yeah, good for Andrew, them. What, what were your standout tracks? Oh, I thought I was. I thought we were gonna do breakup music. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a whole other playlist. Um, you know, so I I think that like i needed time listening to this record i needed to like have the first 20 minutes to settle into it because it's it feels like alien music to me <laughs> um and so i really started to like the second half okay um so sort of like i think cut cut uh cut for the itch is probably cure for the itch cure for the itch i don't know why i, I read that wrong the dj um, track <laughs> yeah um it's like a a palate cleanser yeah, and then moves you through to the rest of the record. So, I sort of like that as a transition, um, even though. Well, that's the thing. The original cut of the record only had like Cure two more tracks after "Cure for the Itch." Oh, really? Oh, so I've never heard. I only have whatever yeah the bonus edition. Spotify. Yeah, "Cure for the Itch," and then "Pushing Me Away" were the last two tracks. Really? Yeah. And then "My December High Voltage" uh, were bonus tracks. Oh, I like those songs. Yeah, yeah. No, they they became like radio hits after the fact. Huh. Yeah, they did. Now they've they're releasing former tracks from Meteora too. Oh wow, they didn't really? release before. Yeah, the Lincoln Park just came out with two new songs that were recorded tracks, and Chester Bennington had done the vocals for them, but they didn't master them or or like really record anything else. They decided to go with you know how a band you know how mm -hmm. bands work. Fine. But anyway, now they've re-released those songs, and it's like. Oh man, Lincoln Park doesn't miss, man. It's all Lincoln yeah. Park. So I just I just realized now In the Ed has 1.5 billion plays. It's a lot this of is... dude. The amount of tears cried by teenagers to that yeah. song. Jesus Christ. That's wild. Uh did you guys get into uh Collision Course? The the mashup record they did with Jay Z? <laughs> I've I that's the you one Lincoln Park record that I am not super into. I'm Jay-Z does nothing for me. I'm not a big Jay-Z fan either, but I remember watching because there was like live footage of them doing it. And it was interesting live, like hearing um I think he does numb and it has that like boo doo doo doo. But it's uh the guy was playing it on like an MPC and like kind of mashing it up in real time, and that was like a cool thing that stuck with me back in the day. Huh. That is, yeah, I I remember that, like the, yeah, the, yeah. I, the I'm like, holy shit, thing, what yeah. is that thing? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. Know. I think it was cool to go back and listen to some of the tracks that weren't like the big big hits, and I'm like, oh, like these, like by myself is like a heavy fucking song. And again, it has like yeah. that that panic chord kind of like little um <laughs> maybe not panic chord, but like the um pinch harmonic kind of stuff on it too, and it's it's good, it's good stuff. Yeah. I some love of the, it. Some of the Mike Shinoda rapping is a little eh sometimes. Yeah, um, I see. I think that the issue is that people are like, it's too, it's almost too sincere. Like they're trying really hard. So some people don't like Mike. Some people don't like Chester. Yeah. I, I think more people dislike the Mike stuff, especially in our 
like if you're like a person who listens to a lot of alternative music yeah you're gonna be like rapping and metal yeah whereas yeah. people who are like a normal music listener who kind of don't they don't listen to a lot of alternative music they're gonna be like chester's corny yeah I think he's it was, the corny one it was just the rhyme scheme of uh i forget which song it's it's the intro for but the forfeit the game before somebody takes you out of the frame and put your name yeah. to shame Dude, i love that <laughs> song <laughs> i've i've pr'd uh, i i've my all-time squat pr was to that song i'm just <laughs> i'm not kidding this just record, absolutely this this is the perfect selection it. this record has like <laughs> This, I don't think a single record that someone's brought on this podcast has infiltrated their life in every facet than this one has for you. Dude, it's, I, it's amazing. I, I'm I can't telling believe you, there man. was any other option for you to choose but this record. There's a few for me, but this one is because here's the thing. I didn't even do it on purpose. I wasn't like put on Lincoln Park. I'm going to fucking squat 400 pounds right now. It was that uh, someone at the gym just turned it on. Lincoln Park is everywhere, man. It's like when you buy a yellow car and you're like, fuck, I see yellow cars all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was it. I just remember. I remember specifically. It's funny you were making fun of that because I was like, I remember listening to it and being like, I won't forfeit the game. <laughs> like, I won't do it. I will lift this weight. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that that's amazing. I I I truly don't think anyone's had their 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 record be this ingrained in their life. It's, I don't amazing. grow out of music, so that's everything great. I listened to has come with me. Like my Spotify is like organized by like here's five years of my life, here's five years of my life, here's five years of my life in big playlists, and I that's right. I run through all of them. That's sick. So uh, I think that about wraps it up. This is a fucking whirlwind. Yeah, what a good uh, time! Boys. I think yeah, we covered absolutely. a lot of ground here. We covered so much ground, Dan, dude. We can, you, uh, we can you play Amber by Three Left? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is also gonna be the episode that we get hit with the copyright strike. Like no, oh, no. like there's no way. Um, but yeah, Shane, what do you got to plug? You're hitting the road. This will be out uh, on Tuesday. So okay, I'm not hitting the road till May, but ShaneSmithComedy.com. I'm touring all summer. I gave up my summer, so. Did I want to do it? No. Did it happen? Yes. <laughs> so I'm I'm touring quite a bit. I'm going to be all over the United States, and I'll be in London and stuff. I don't know if you guys have listeners out that way. Hey, if you're Australian and you listen to this podcast, hit me up. I'm going to be on the Gold Coast. Yeah, we do. Australian listeners. We do have quite a let's, few Australian let's go. listeners. I'm, firstly, I love Australia, and I'm not joking. I'm thinking about moving there for some time to surf. and then um, so, But I'll be on the Gold Coast and in the Sydney area, so hit me up. Uh, what else am I saying? Um, yeah, you can go watch my specials. It's my podcast, Cowboy Boys. Nothing like this podcast. You guys seem like you love each other. You're having a good time. You have a subject you're discussing. My podcast is me and a guy, and we contentious sometimes and we're just saying anything <laughs> there's no there's no point to it I just uh, saying that's stuff. part of the beauty in it though we're doing also bit... like how long have you known mac your co-host like seven years oh only seven years yeah but we've been like really close to each some would say too close we've lived as next door neighbors or in the same house for five of those seven years oh wow okay oh, yeah. but That'll also you both grew up in utah years. though right we did both grow up in utah though okay. he grew up in the city and i grew up in the country so gotcha okay yeah i i was under the impression that you were like childhood friends no 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 we just behave that way <laughs> that's we're, br we're brothers uh yeah so i love that but it's great. You know, we're just doing bits about how the moon landing was just two guys finding an excuse to get away long enough to be gay together. Stuff like that, you know? <laughs>
the conspiracy. Yeah, it's it's worth a listen. It's it's some solid shit. It's Thank it's very you. funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could you could join our. Pa- oh, you have a Patreon too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Patreon.com slash cowboys. If you want to support me financially, but who would do that? <laughs> I ask ourselves the same question. Uh, where you can follow <laughs> us at patreon.com slash run into the ground. You're getting two extra bonus episodes a month. It's only the price of a Fugazi show. So what are you what are you waiting for? You know? You know, some of those shows were six dollars. You know, well, we're only five, so we're less than a Fugazi show. And more value. Uh, <laughs> we'll change your life even more than than Fugazi will, and uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's an easy way to support us. It's an easy way to uh, you know to show us that you appreciate what we do. We have a lot of fun, uh, but you know, getting some money out of it makes it even more fun. You know, uh, you can follow me at dambassini.com, uh, dambassini on Twitter and Instagram. No invite volume ten. This is the first announcement. <laughs> No Invite Volume 10 is, uh, is, is officially available for pre-order. Dambassini.com. Click on the store. Uh, you know, uh, pre-orders get a free 4x6 print uh, while supplies last. So, hey, that's not nothing. Is it signed nothing. by the artist? It's signed by the artist. And I'll even sign it, too. And, uh, but yeah. So, uh, is it, everyone is go it approved that. by whoever you took the picture of? <laughs> no, it's not, most likely. Oh, well, then that's, oh, that's even better. And uh, but it was taken in a public place, and that's uh, that's fair fair use, my dude. Uh, Andrew, what do you got to plug? Um, I, as per usual, have nothing. But what I will say is, uh, Otherworld just dropped uh, his Patreon. Um, everything Jack does is good. Uh, the most recent uh, Otherworld episode, the Goop Demon, the Goop Demon is really fucking good. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I like to support the homies, so go uh, go check out the other world p- Patreon. Get some of his merch. I don't know. It's a his little too. Good. It's merch. a little too esoteric for me. Like I don't get it. I'm a it's simple not for man. You. No, I want words and pictures. Um, yeah. but again, Shane, it was really nice meeting you. Yeah. Um, also, run really into the ground on Instagram. Oh, run in number two, the ground on on Twitter. Those are the things you usually plug, Andrew. Those are and uh, leave us a review. That's the one thing. Uh. Cowboy Boys, you were getting millions of reviews. Yeah, we you got gamified a bunch of it too, right? Yeah, yeah. For a while there. Now yeah. we're just we don't even we don't even know what we're doing, man. We're coasting. <laughs> Truly, the, it's a we're on we're on the bus. It's on fire, but we're still we're gonna take you to your destination. You I know? love it. I love, that. I love it. Uh, I'll definitely hit you up about coming on. <laughs> Please, <laughs> genuinely, both of you, if you guys yes. uh, can make it to the thing is, we do it in person. Yeah, I we live don't in have, Jersey City. Andrew lives oh, okay. in, in in Baltimore. So Okay, Andrew, that's tough. But we'll we <laughs> but we'll figure it out. We'll we'll fly you out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. No, no fucking problem. Um <laughs> are you are you coming to Baltimore? Um I don't know. I don't think so. Huh. I don't think this year. Okay. I've been there. Baltimore was a fun comedy town. Was was it's when i was now. there it could <laughs> be different. Oh, right. Everything could went. be different now. Yeah, dude, the pandemic happened. Baltimore could be so many things. There's no more laughs in Baltimore. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great place to end it there. Awesome, Shane. Absolute fucking blast. Happy to have you on. Everybody else, bye-bye. Bye. Go away! Yeah!